Hello everyone and welcome to Christ Fellowship Online. My name is Jeannie Rodriguez and I want to thank you so much for joining us. If this is your first time, I want to invite you to pause the broadcast and fill out a connection card at cfmemory.org connect. This will help us connect with you and know how we can best serve you during this season. And now, a special message by Pastor Omar. means giving ourselves first to the Lord. You know, this means full and complete trust, full and complete surrender. And when we give generously, listen, it is a direct reflection that we trust Christ as our all-sufficient provider. That is a primary goal of this all-in season. And I want to invite each and every one of us to consider what it looks like to be truly all-in as it relates to our generosity. I invite each one of us to give ourselves first to the Lord. And once you've given yourself first to the Lord, the second step is then to give ourselves to the work of the Lord. And just like those early believers in the small community of Parine, then God is calling all of us right now as part of Christ Fellowship in this season to advance the mission of Christ in five key areas. The first is all in for Christ Fellowship Miami. This is often referred to as our general budget, but it's anything but general. This is the lifeblood of what we do daily day in and day out at each one of our campuses to disciple adults, students, and children. And as part of advancing God's mission through All In, is that we seek to make a greater impact in our ministry at each location than ever before. When we get to heaven, we have to answer to God like what we did with our time, our lives, our money, and there is just nothing better that you can do than give it to the Lord. Like, it is just so simple. He's gonna do so much more with it than anything that you can do. Every aspect of this church has ministered to us, so that's a huge reason why we give, because we've seen how God uses this church like to transform lives and families. Second is all in for the house. Through this next season, we seek to expand and upgrade our current facilities. Most of our campuses have not reached their full potential because of necessary and important improvements. This includes the full historic restoration of the downtown campus to get ready for the Miami World Center just coming a few blocks away. At Palmetto Bay and West Kendall, we are looking to build beautiful brand new parking lots to increase safety, traffic flow, and a better guest experience. 
At Redland, we will be improving the worship center, renovating the children's building, and build an expanded foyer to improve guest experience. And we will be looking for permanent locations for our Homestead and Coral Gables campuses that will help those campuses reach their full potential and more effectively serve those two communities. And so I feel like the challenge that's been issued by our church, by Pastor Omar, and the vision is that we're called to be all in as a family. And I think that intrinsically is, is challenging, right? To put Christ first and foremost through our church in everything we do and everything that we are. Philip, Debbie, Floyd family, are you all in? Are you all in in your finances? Are you, are you all in in your scripture reading, in your prayer life, in your family's spiritual life, in raising your children to be godly men and women? Are you all in? And so I've, I've taken that question to heart. Next is all in for new local campuses. Our mission here at Christ Fellowship is to establish a Christ Fellowship campus in every community in Miami. Our plan is that through All In, we will start new campuses in communities like Tamiami, Westchester, Miami Lakes, and Aventura to reach more people with the hope of the gospel. Next is All In for global campuses. Our current reach through global campuses is nothing short of a movement of God. And we currently have 11 global campuses throughout the Caribbean, Central, and South America. And then through All In, we seek to significantly expand our impact in these parts of the world by expanding to new communities in Cuba and Colombia, as well as new countries such as Puerto Rico and Argentina. I was excited when, when we were talking in Pathfinder about the growth of the church, not only here locally, but outside. Um, how many campuses they're looking to open in other countries. I think it's amazing the reach that CF has gotten in a small amount of time. The goal is to meet their spiritual needs and uh, being generous with your with your money, being generous with your time, and being generous with your speaking, because being passive is what we cannot be. Take the first step to go and talk, but you will impact their life for eternity. And lastly, it's all in for community impact. Our heart has always been, and will always be, to serve and look after those in need in our communities. A significant portion of All In will serve to meet the needs of the under-resourced and hurting throughout Miami. For example, through Care for Miami, we are looking to expand to a second dental bus and take our backpack program to the next level. In addition, we would like to expand to support our community partners that specialize in reaching people we can't, like women in pregnancy centers, the homeless, and migrants. My biggest prayer was that he would give me a heart of contentment. and. Um, it's amazing to watch the Holy Spirit cure you of something and, um, and that anchor to be removed out of your life um, and to just be content with absolute everything that you have, it really has been powerful. So coming alongside CF saying to have this um, initiative to have generosity, right? For God to create um, the margin in your life to be generous. And when you have a heart of contentment, it's so much easier to be generous because you're not chasing the things of this world. 
God is calling us from the youngest to the oldest to be all in during this next season. All in as individual disciples and all in as a church. So here's what I'm asking of you. I am asking you to engage. Engage with the Lord. Engage in prayer. Engage with your spouse. Engage with the scriptures. Engage with the testimonies and the stories of others. Give yourself first to the Lord and then by the will of God to us. Determine what it looks like for Christ to truly be your all, above all, and before all things. Let's do this, church. Let's be all in. Yeah! Man, good to see you all, man. It's good to praise our great God. Isn't it amazing what He has done and will continue to do? Amen, family? Man, good to see you all today. My name is Omar, and I serve as the lead pastor here at Christ Fellowship. And we all know this guy, right? Pastor Rick. Guys, get up for Pastor Rick. Amen. Amen. Again, welcome everyone. I want to take the time to welcome all of our campuses joining us live all throughout Miami. You know, we're one church, many different locations, and they're watching us live right now. And I also want to take the time to welcome our first-time guest. You know, maybe perhaps today is your first day or second or third week or so. And I uh, just want to let you know, we're starting a brand new series called All In, right? You'll see all the shirts. And uh, it's, a, it's a series that we're going to be tackling some topics that, you know, we normally don't tackle here at Christ Fellowship. But I'm so glad that you're here with us. And here's why. Because not only going to be able to, you're going you're to see, what, you know, our heart. But you're gonna, also going to see where God is leading us and what is going to take us, what's going to take to us to go where God is leading us. And so... Thank you so much for coming. In fact, let's give it up for our first-time guests at all campuses. And uh, I want you just to enjoy this series, relax. I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Now, you may be wondering, well, you know, Pastor Man, we've seen all the T-shirts, the, 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 the signs, the promotion. You know, what is All In all about? What is this series all about? Well, the primary goal of this season is 100% engagement. In fact, can you say engagement? Engagement. Come a little louder. Engagement. 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 And by that we mean that we want to lead 100% of our people to engage and surrender to the Lord like never before. You know, to lead 100% of us isn't from our little ones and see if kids to our, our students to our adults isn't to lead every single one of us to trust Christ like never before. Specifically, that we would trust Him as our all-sufficient provider. Amen. And that is the primary goal, the overarching goal of this series and this two-year season called All In. And Pastor Frank, you want to share with them a little bit of the secondary goal? Yeah, you know, the secondary goal is that as we trust God and as our trust in God grows and then begins to overflow in generosity... We then are going to be able to take all of that generosity and channel it at the mission that God has given to us. And I believe God is going to do great things through Christ's fellowship. Amen? Amen. Amen. And so, listen, make no mistake about it. The primary goal of this all this season is discipleship. Specifically, generosity discipleship. And the secondary goal is mission advancement. Or, or to put it in another way... The primary goal is first what God wants to do in your heart as you engage Him, as you trust Him. And the secondary goal 
is what God wants to do through you. Amen, family? Amen. And so because this, we believe this is going to be a transformative season for us here at Christ Fellowship, for this series, we're going to do something a little different that we usually don't do. Um, usually we have our worship folders, but for this weekend, we are going to have, for this entire series, for this six-week series, we're going to have these all-in booklets, these workbooks that you're going to be able to keep and bring them with you. And so I'm going to ask all the ushers at all campuses to, to come and get ready to hand these out. And before we hand them out, let's give it over to Pastor Rick. He'll be with us in a couple weeks. And so thank you, Pastor Rick. Thank you so much. And so go ahead at all campuses, ushers, start passing them out. Let's, let's uh, hustle. I know it's a lot, of, a lot of people at all campuses, but let's go ahead and start passing them out. And as they pass them out, listen, let me just give you an overview of what these um, workbooks all are about. As you're getting them, you can start looking through them. There is a letter from me to our church, from me and my wife. Then you also see here uh, a little bit of the overarching goal, the primary goal, the secondary goal, all the plans that we have as a church where God is leading us. So at your leisure, you can look through all that and just look at all the details of it. It's really, really wonderful. And then what's interesting is that towards the, towards the middle, you'll see that normally we kind of take notes, right, fill in the blanks. But for this series, for these six weeks, it's going to be actually message notes. All your message notes are already in this booklet. And so every single weekend, you can take all your notes. You're going to be writing them out right there we, in, in each week. You'll, you can see them as you open them. And then also you'll see that in each week there's a small group study guide already. And so which means that all of our small groups are going to go through this all-in study. And I want you to not only bring these booklets to church every single weekend, because we're not going to hand them new ones every single one every time, but we want you to bring them back, but also take these to your small group because they have the study already and it'll be really, really special. All right, so be sure that you keep them with you and that you'll lose them. It's going to be really, really important. I think we're all going to look back and see how the Lord worked in our hearts as we just look at our notes, as we jot them down. And then one more thing that's inside of these booklets is the commitment card that you'll see. As you look through it, there's a little thing called commitment card. Uh, don't worry. You know, we're not going to be committing anything today, so you can relax. There's nothing like that today. But what I want you to do is this is going to be something that we as a church family, as believers, as the children of God, we're going to be turning this in at, towards at the end of this series. In fact, we're going to have an advanced commitment night on Friday, March 7th, and so it's going to be really, really special. Uh, so, you know, start looking over this, start praying about it, start engaging the Lord and asking the Lord, hey, Lord, as we enter into th this new season, what is it that you want us to do? What do you want me to do personally in my trust in you and also in my generosity towards the work of God? And so be sure to keep that. And uh, it's going to be, I think, really special by the end of it to see how God worked in your heart. So if you don't mind, go ahead now to turn to page 16, right in the middle of your booklet. It's where the first week's message notes you'll find. And um, here's, I want to start off by just giving us the big idea for this weekend and really for the whole series. And it's this, and you can even jot it down already in those message notes if you want. The big idea is, listen, we want to lead every single person to trust Christ as their all-sufficient provider. To, tr to, to lead everyone to trust Christ as their all-sufficient provider. Now, you may be wondering, well, Pastor, how can I take steps of faith in my life? You know, I've been a believer for a long time, for a short while, and, and you know, I want to take steps and trust Him more. So how can I increase my trust in Christ 
and, and what can I look for in my life to know whether or not I'm truly trusting Christ? Well, we're going to find out today from Colossians chapter 1, all right? So if you want, you can turn your Bibles, if you want, and your apps to Colossians chapter 1. And here is the first point for today that you can jot down on your message notes. Write this down as big number one. You can follow, follow along on the screen as well. Trusting Christ in our giving is directly tied to our view of him. Trusting Christ in our giving and our generosity is always tied to our view, to our perception of him. Now, now, with that in mind, let's pick it up in verse 15. You know, we've been going verse by verse through Colossians chapter 1, and we're in verse 15. And so listen to what it says, speaking of Jesus Christ. It says, he is the image of the invisible what? God. Come on, you can be a little louder today. God. God. The invisible God. Now, slip into the scene just for a quick moment. Because the Apostle Paul here is writing to his, to his grandchild church in the city of Colossae. And, it's, and that church was in a culture that was steeped in Gnosticism. Now, Gnosticism was really the, most, the, the, the greatest heresy uh, that the church had to battle during the, er, during the early church. In the first 300 years, you know, Gnosticism was really the, the most heretical teaching. And it was influenced by Greek philosophy. And what these Gnostics used to do was they would come in and they, one of the things they would do is that they would question who Jesus was. You know, they would say, you know, is he truly God? Or, and in fact, is he truly a human? You know, and they, and they, they tried to cloud God's people's view of who Christ was. And family, this was a huge problem because Paul knew that this could be a cancer to the church because if the, if the Gnostics could influence and change our perception of Christ, it would really impact everything about them. In fact, listen, Paul understood, write this down as small A and B right there in your, in your message notes. Write this down as A and B. Listen, that a low view of Christ, a low view of Christ leads to low trust. See that? Low view leads to low trust. Conversely, a high view of Christ leads to high trust, to high trust. Now, in, in one of my favorite books um, called Knowledge of the Holy, a, really a Christian faith masterpiece, small little book, the author A.W. Tozer starts off the book talking about this very thing. Listen to what he says. Very important, very powerful quote. It says, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about you and me. In other words, what's most important about you is not what you're wearing, not your job, not how much money you have, not your home. The most important thing about us is what comes to mind when we think about God. For this reason, the most gravest question before the church, before Christ fellowship, is always God himself. And the most portentous fact about any man is not what he at any given time may say or do, or, or for the specific of this, of this series, how much we give, what we do. That's not the most important thing. 
but rather what he in his deep heart conceives God to be like. You see, we tend by secret law of the soul to move towards our mental image of God. You see how that works? See, folks, there's something about our perception of Christ, how we view the Lord, that directly impacts our trust in him, our surrender to the Lord. In fact, let me just give you a quick little example to help you kind of understand this whole point. You know, as you all know, you know, I have a beautiful little girl, which, by the way, she just turned one year old. Yeah, we have some pictures of her. Yeah, there she is. She's the cutest little thing. And uh, you can tell, hey, I'm a daddy in love, right? Man, I love that little girl. Listen, and she started walking already, you know, kind of wobbling, but she's walking, she's walking. And so every time that I come home, she already runs to me, she's called Dada, and I grab her and I bring her into my arms. And we have this thing that we do already. Here's what we do. I always grab her right here behind her back and her head, and I, and I say these, this phrase. I say, se me cayó la nena, which means my little girl is falling. And so when I say that phrase, she literally just goes back and she goes back. If I had the picture right there, listen, that's her face every time I do it. And we just go back and she loves it, right? And we keep going back and forth and she does a bunch of times. But here's what's interesting. The moment that uh, someone else picks her up, particularly a someone she doesn't know, when she looks into their eyes, she doesn't really know who they are. What's interesting is that she has a duet with them. She doesn't, she doesn't fall back. She doesn't want to play that game. But the moment that I pick her again and she looks into my eyes, she knows that's daddy. She knows that's my father. She knows that I love her. In, in her little mind, she knows already I love her and that she can trust me. And guess what? You know what she does? She goes back again, right? <laughs> she starts playing that game again. And family, isn't what an image of our relationship with God because when you look in the eyes of Christ when you when you look towards him if you don't have the right perception of who he is you're not gonna trust him you're not you're not gonna surrender to him however when you know who he is when you have an accurate view of who he is guess what you're gonna trust you're gonna surrender and so folks who exactly is this Jesus that wants us to trust him and surrender to him? Well, write this down as big number two on your message notes. Go ahead and write this down as big number two. Christ is our provider, God. And here's the first thing that Paul wants us to be sure. That not only the, the Colossians, but you and me here at Christ Fellowship. No. Write this down at small letter A. That all things were created by Christ, by Christ. Now, with that in mind, let's go back to the passage for today. Listen to what it says. It says, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him, all things were what? Created, created in heaven and on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created, what? Through 
him, through him. Now, just pause for there for a moment. Because the one thing that the, the Apostle Paul wants us to know is that Jesus Christ is not just a good man. Jesus Christ was just not a good prophet. Jesus Christ is not someone that we should admire or that we should just simply follow his example. Jesus Christ is the, is the one who is the eternal God who created the entire universe. You know, when, when people think of God creating the world, many people, especially in society, they have the perception, they, they think that the one who created all things was God the Father. But what we see in Scripture is not quite, because it was Jesus Christ who spoke the world into existence. In fact, listen to what Hebrews chapter 1 says about Christ speaking the world into existence. He says, but in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, through whom also he, what? Created the world. You know, one of the differences between Christianity and cults, cults like the Jehovah's Witnesses and the Mormons, is that they refuse to bow before Christ and acknowledge that he is God. But family, when we look at Scripture, we believe here at Christ Fellowship, right, that he is what exactly what Scripture says, that he is the eternal God. Amen? Amen. And so family, not only do we see from the Word of God that he created all things, write this down as letter B, all things were created for him, for him. In fact, let's go back to the passage. It says, for by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominion or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him. And what's the next word right here? For him. Now, if you have your Bibles open or, or your apps, just somehow, somehow, we just mark the word for him. Because, listen, it's such a small little word, but, oh, is this important for us. Because since Christ was the one who created all things, what this passage is saying us, is telling us, is that everything is for him. You see, everything in existence finds their meaning and finds their purpose in Christ. Which means that every single rock, every single sparrow, every single waterfall, every single leaf, every single galaxy, every single star, every single child, every single student, every single adult, every single thing in this universe finds their meaning and their purpose in Christ. You know, something so sad to see people just go through life wondering, what's my purpose? What's my meaning? But they refuse to look to the one who spoke the world into existence. And so if you, the more you think about this, you want to talk what is ultimate reality? Christ is ultimate reality. Because from him, listen, all things emanate. Don't you love that? It's in Christ is uh, ultimate reality and all things find their meaning in him. And third, we see this. Write this down as letter C. All things 
are also held together, held together by him. In fact, let's go back to the passage and listen to how it continues. It says, all things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things. Now, before we go next, listen, next week we're going to be tackling this phrase right here. What does it mean that Christ is before all things? So you've got to be back for that. You're going to love it. But then it says, and in him all things what? Hold together. Hold together. You know, there's something about this passage showing us that everything in existence somehow, some way is held together by Christ. And, you know, we can spend time looking at how everything in our lives is held together, our, the chairs, our clothing, our relationships, our family, gravity, everything is held together by Christ. You know, we can talk about all these different things. But to me, I think the best example of how Christ holds all things together is a tiny atom, is a tiny atom. In fact, I have a picture of what they, conceptually an atom looks like. And just to remind us, right, the, the, an, the, the law of electricity states this, that opposite what? Attract. Attracts, right? And then the similar saying they repel, right? That's just kind of a law that we all know from, from early on. And so what's interesting about an atom is that at the center of the atom, there is a cluster of positive protons, right? There's a cluster of them together, and around is electrons, now, what many people may not realize is that tiny atom in many ways defies the law of electricity. Why? Because there's, there's, double, there's two mysteries here, right? There's double mystery is how can all these protons cluster together? How come they just don't expand and, and just and pull away from each other? And how come these electrons don't collapse? And so there's a, a, a mystery here that I'm telling you, listen, even scientists, tr they try to figure this out, and it, it, it's, it's hard to really peg it down. And so through, through, the, through the decades, they, they try to come up with different answers, right? Sometimes they say it's, for, it's, it's, it's atomic glue, right? Atomic glue is hold, it's, what's holding all this together. So then later on, they came up with, well, it's some sort of nuclear force. Or there was a man who did his PhD on this topic, and his grand conclusion of this huge research is this. They don't collapse into it because they don't collapse into it. You know, that, that's a grand conclusion of this whole thing because, hey, they're, they're trying to figure it out, but it's, but it's hard. But, folks, listen, we know the answer. Amen? It's Christ who's holding all these things together. In fact, Hebrews, a book of Hebrew puts it like this. It says, he is the radiance of the glory of God, speaking of Christ. He's the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the universe by the word of his power. Don't you love that? You know, when we talk about this topic, you know, we all know that Jesus Christ is coming back again, right, in his second coming. And part of his promises to us when he returns is that he's going to recreate, a, make a brand new earth and a brand new universe, right? He's going to recreate all things. This is all tainted with sin and imperfection. He's going to make it all brand new. However, in 2 Peter chapter 3, the Word of God promises that before he remakes all things new, it says that all things, that he's going to burn up all these things. All the current earth and all the universe are going to be burnt up. You know, and many people wonder, like, how is that going to happen 
you know what, is, is Christ going to bring a match? I mean, what's going to happen here? How, how that's going to happen? Well, many people suggest that the way that's going to take place is that at the right time, Jesus Christ is going to remove all his sustaining power from all these atoms. And he's going to say, stop. And the moment that he says stop, he's going to remove his power. And all those atoms are going to start crashing into each other. And they're going to release nuclear type fire explosion. And that whole entire universe will be burnt up. You, you, you see who Christ is here? Listen, Christ, this is our Lord. Infinite in power, infinite in dominion, and infinite in sovereignty. Amen? Amen. This is Christ. And family, because this is who he is, as we start this brand new all-in season, write this down as big number three, okay? Christ then Listen, church family, he is worthy of us, of us being all in in terms of our trust. All in in terms of our trust. See, folks, here's what I want us to get as we start this series. This Christ, who created the world, who all things are for him and he find meaning and find meaning in him and he's the one who's holding all things by the word of his power. This Christ is the one now that invites you to trust him. Trust him. It's almost as if, as if Jesus would look at us and tells us, my son, my daughter, I love you I have infinite power and dominion over all things. And I want you to trust me in every area of your life. Specifically that I will always provide for you. Just trust me. And here's how you know if you're truly trusting Christ. Here's how you know. Write this down as letter A. Is your trust in him is confirmed or revealed through your giving. Through how you honor the Lord in this area. How you obey the Lord in this area in your life. That's what's revealed. In other words, giving back to the Lord is almost a test to reveal whether or not you're truly trusting Christ as your all-sufficient provider. Now, when we think of a test, I think we, we start thinking back when we were young, right? Some of us are still young. Some of us are, are in school taking tests still. But you can just kind of go back to your own school days back in the day that there was a test coming up, right? And so basically you had to study all week, study all night, and the next day you would show up to class, sit down, you're nervous, right? You get a little piece of paper, you get your number two pencil, you start scribbling, you start doing the test, right? Everyone's quiet, you're running your test, and then you submit that test. And here's the thing, the reason that teachers give you a test is because they don't know what you know. Wow. They, they don't know what's inside of you. They don't know what you know or don't know. So the only way for them to, to know what is, it's what is in that, it, 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 what you know is by giving you a test. 
And then once they receive it, they, they now I know what they know. And you get a grade. And family, sometimes we, we bring that type of view over to a relationship with the Lord and, and his test of us. But here's a problem with that line of reasoning. Jesus Christ, if he is in truly, if he is the Lord who he says he is, right, sovereign in power, created the world, holds all things by the word of his power, he already knows everything about you. There's nothing about you, your mind, your thoughts that he doesn't know. He knows everything about you. He created you. So it, when, it, when it comes to a test with the Lord, listen, you're not revealing anything to the Lord. You know who you're revealing to? To yourself. You're revealing to yourself. A test with the Lord is never to reveal anything to him. He already knows it. It's always to show yourself where you are in your trust in him. You see, Christ in his infinite wisdom, he designed it that when we honor God and we give back to him out of everything that he's given to us, it reveals whether or not you're truly trusting him as your provider. Why? Because if you're not willing to give back to the Lord like he's asking you to, here's what it really reveals. It reveals that in your heart of hearts, the one who you think is providing for you is yourself. And you think in your mind that if I give back to the Lord, I don't know if I could provide more for myself to make up for what I give. You see? And so somewhere on the line, if, 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 if revealing to you, right, if you're not willing to honor the Lord, give back to him in this area, honor him and obey him in this area, it's really revealing to yourself that who you're trusting as your provider is not God, is yourself. Because you're the one that needs to provide for yourself and your family. And so you're not trusting in the Lord in that specific area. But you see, here's what happens. When you give, it starts revealing what's happening inside of you. Amen. Now, keep in mind, I want us to really remember this portion as we start this all in season. You can get to a point where you force yourself to give back to the Lord, but that doesn't mean that you are trusting him. Why? Listen, anybody could pull out a checkbook, write a check, give some money. Anybody could do that. And you know what? At church, we like to put a smile on our face like, hey, I'm loving this. But deep down inside, it doesn't mean that you're trusting Christ. It doesn't mean that. Conversely, it is impossible for someone to say that I truly trust Christ as my all-sufficient provider, and that I know that everything I have from, from him is because he opened up his gracious hand. Even the shirt that I'm wearing today is not because of me. It's because the Lord provided this for me, yet I'm not going to give back to the Lord. I'm not going to give back to him. I'm not going to honor him. Mm -mm. No. It's impossible. Why? Because a heart that truly trusts in the Lord and recognizes what he has done for you it's you're, you're naturally going to want to honor him in that area. You're going to give. Why? He's a provider of all things. Amen, family? Lord. And family, I always remind you, I always want us to remember this. At the root of every single step of obedience in your life, 
is always trust in Christ. And family, when it comes to giving back to the Lord in this area of our life, is exactly the same. Because giving back to the Lord, listen, it's never about money. If you think right here, right now, wherever you're watching us, that giving to God is about money, listen, you've missed it entirely. Because, listen, Christ doesn't need your money. Christ doesn't care about your money. He, he, he created, the, he holds the world by the word, by the word of his power. He doesn't care about your money. The Lord has been continuing to sustaining his church for 2,000 years. He will continue to sustain it to the future. He doesn't need your money. But you know what he wants is your trust. He wants for his child to trust him. And here's what happens. The moment you trust him, guess what? You enter into a new phase in your walk with the Lord, and it's amazing what the Lord starts doing in your life. Because think about it. Listen, it's weird for someone to say, I am a man of God who trusts in the Lord. I'm a woman of God who trusts in the Lord. And I know that he is my provider. Yet I'm not going to honor him in this way. Mm -mm. Isn't that just odd to even say? You see, there's a disconnect there. But when we trust in the Lord, everything starts flowing. In fact, a good example of a couple who had trusted in the Lord and they've seen how faithful God has been when they honored him in this way is the story of David and Stephanie Andrade. In fact, take a look at their story. My name is David Andrade and I'm 27 years old. And I'm Stephanie Andrade and I'm 27 as well. So we met initially at the young adults group at Miami Springs campus. That's when I initially first saw her. We eventually went on a date, supervised with a group of friends, um, and the rest was history. When I was single, I was trying to do everything in, in my own strength. Trusting in the Lord was um, was always a, it was always a battle in many areas in my life. Then I went from making a certain amount to a way lesser amount. It was at that moment that in, in my singleness that I decided, you know what, Lord, I'm, I'm going to trust you. Um, in this area of my life, which is in, in this season of, of financial, where I'm making significantly less, but Lord, I know that ultimately you're my provider. Mm -hmm. And and it was a season that when I was in small groups, I brought it up to, to, to my brothers and I, I asked them for prayer. And it was that part of wisdom that was poured out to me that it was like, David, you gotta, you gotta trust, don't worry. As a single girl, it's a lot easier living in my parents' house and having everything provided for me to just give, you know, just give my 10%. But of course now, as a married woman, giving 10% of what we have is much greater now than it was in our singleness. Because, you know, now we have a rent and we have bills and things to pay for and, and we're sitting down together discussing finances and can we afford this, can we afford that? But I think we both agree that the one thing we'll never have to discuss if we can afford is giving back to God. Because, you know, if it wasn't for him, we wouldn't have our relationship or, or any of the things that he's blessed us with. The trusting in the Lord has definitely magnified in the sense of to trust him even greater. Mm -hmm. To trust him um, more, more than ever that um, to trust not only in who he is, but specifically in his faithfulness. Mm -hmm. Because if he was faithful back then, he'll be faithful now. And we have the support of our, of our friends. Um, in, in the small group, 
uh, to really help us, to really help us to stay committed, to really hold us accountable. The Lord's grace has been so evident in both of our lives and being a part of a small group and going week and week and week after week. It was all because the Lord had been so faithful and gracious in my life that now I wanted to give back. I met my husband in that small group. I know that if God has led us to that point and he's been so faithful throughout my entire life that I can trust him with my life, with my finances, with my marriage, and that um, He's just gonna continue to pour out His grace on us. And whether we have a lot or we have a little bit, um, we have Him, we have the Lord. Hey, can we give it for the Lord, amen. What, a, what an amazing young couple. You know, I, I know David and Stephanie, and man, I'm just so, just so proud of them that even at an early stage, they're committed, you know, we wanna honor the Lord, we wanna obey the Lord in this area and give back to Him. And I, I'm excited for them, for the rest of their lives, to see how the Lord's gonna work in them and through them. One of the things I want to point out from that, from that story, from their story, is how, how important their small group was in their life. So the last thing that I want for you as your pastor is that you think, okay, I'm going to start this all-in journey by myself. That is not the way to do it. That's not, that's not the way that God designed it. God designed us to be in community with other believers. We're a church family. And so there's something that happens when you're in a small group and you're gathering together in your small group throughout the week, studying God's word, developing friendships, having fun, laughing. Then you know what? In the midst of all, all that, there's something about that that, you know, other people kind of encourage you and you encourage them and you kind of talk about the different things that you're going through and your thoughts. And there's something special that takes place in a small group. And so if you're not in a small group, listen, this is the weekend to do it. You know, this weekend is Group Connect. And so important for us to be in, in this together. Um, what's, what's really cool is that all of our, all, all of our, um, all of our uh, small groups are taking a pause from their current study. They're going to go through all in. And what's cool is that, listen, you already have their small group study right here that you can take this to your small group. And so if you're not in a small group, listen, you're the minority here. 73% of us are already in a small group. If you're not in a small group, listen, you're, you're the minority here. And so as we start this journey together, Listen, let's get into a small group. Let's do that. So inside of your words, inside of your booklets, uh, there is a card that's connect, a group connect. Uh, if you're not a small group, go ahead and fill that out. Right now, if you want, start filling that out. Check off whatever group you want. And on the way out of every campus, there's a group connect booth where you can stop by, just give, turn in that card. And you know what's going to be? They're going to give you one of these shirts to, to signify, hey, hey, that, that person is taking faith, second steps to be all in. Now, if you're already in a small group and uh, you don't have a shirt, stop by there. You, you need to fill out the form to put, I'm a small, small group, you'll get a shirt as well. But listen, listen, be sure that you don't start this journey without other people around you. You're not committing for life. If you find a group that's not, you will find, that you will help you find the perfect group. But be sure that you are surrounded with other believers. So critical for our Christian life. Amen. Can we do that? All right. And so next week, if you want to give you a preview, next week is going to be something really, really special. We're going to be talking about what it means for Christ to be before all things in every area in our life. And we're going to start off with an open illustration that is very unique. You're going to be back next week to see what I'm talking about. Maybe even medical procedures taking place. Who knows? But be sure you're going to be back and you're going to love it. I think it's going to be really, really 
cool. And, uh, and remember, bring back your workbooks. It's going to be an amazing series, all right? So I'm going to uh, ask all the campus pastors to come up to the front at all campuses. Christ Fellowship, I love you. Let's be all in. What a great message by Pastor Omar. If you want to take your next step as a believer, we want to hear about it. Let us know by filling out a connection card at cfmami.org connect. We want to thank you so much for joining us, and we'll see you next time.